0: What is up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic.
1: Hello, hello. I am all warmed up. I've been doing morning radio for a couple hours. I was co-hosting AJ and Joanna in the morning because Joanna is on vacation. Nice. So I was doing my best impression And by that I mean talking in my own voice. Uh, what's up with you Eric? Wow, you're so you're like
0: already in radio DJ mode. Like you're I'm just... in the zone, baby. In
1: fact, we could we hit a couple of topics oh, yeah? that I kind of was thinking, you know, if it's good enough for real radio, it might even be good enough for us here at Mind Over Magic. Yeah, yeah. It's just
0: like you're just <laughs> going back into a different booth, the home studio. Here exactly. We are. I'm good, man. I've uh, yeah, been just, you know, on the road doing shows here and in, in and out. Uh, so mm-hmm. I have a couple days to recover from all that before I hit the road again, uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm doing great. I am I'm not as warmed up as you are, so I'm I'm still hoping the vocal cords are gonna get there. <laughs> I'm coming to in
1: today with strong trivia when we get to it, just so you know. Oh, I like that. I'm cool. feeling really good about it, and then I have pre-trivia trivia.
0: Pre-trivia trivia. Oh, you know I love trivia. Uh, matt i'm curious if you ever had this situation oh uh before we get to that uh we have some corrections some corrections of course last we do <laughs> um, uh the uh we mentioned your special is out on uh our patreon so you can watch i think we said two hours it actually clocks in at 90 minutes because uh, you have to leave room for commercials
1: is but- it 90 exactly wouldn't it be like 140 or something
0: 90-ish minutes yeah
1: yeah, that's not a correction. I, it is two hours with commercials,
0: right? With commercials, but <laughs> we're the, talking about
1: a television special. The, this was. This isn't like a video, TikTok video here. <laughs> the video <laughs>
0: itself doesn't have commercials in it, so it comes in under. So. Oh right, 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 right. So yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. come
1: on. This is this is for uh, for the listeners that we're not going to put them through commercials to watch this thing.
0: Absolutely, it's the whole raw uh, final edit. You even get like the title card at the beginning of just being like, you know, final proof. And you. Can I watch have that. a version
1: without that and like without the numbers in the corner the tiktok number like the time code yeah um but uh i decided to just i I just felt like that one was more raw so i threw that one out there
0: yeah so if you want to uh check that out just uh you can visit us at our patreon uh if you go to our website you can click the link there uh that's patreon.com slash mind over magic podcast Uh, And just those top two tiers, you get access to our video vault and some at some point, Matt, we got to do a like a watch through and like maybe do commentary on your special.
1: I'm happy to do it. It's a little bit painful for me to do. I think (laughs) watch any performance of our own. Right. Um, However, uh, in particular, you know, being someone who doesn't love, quote unquote, what is called street magic, which doesn't mean it's in the street, which we've talked about. Right. right. You know, it's not my favorite style of performance to watch no matter who's doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, if I'm going to watch Street Magic, I prefer it be David Blaine.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: But outside of that, I don't have much of an interest in quote unquote Street Magic. However, I've gone back and seen some of the clips um, recently because I've repurposed some Mm -hmm. of them on social media. Um, There were a lot of things there to be proud of. And then there are a lot of things that I would go back and do differently differently. Now that I've done quite a bit of it, you know what I mean? Now, like you learn things and go, oh, okay, here's what I could have done here differently. Or here's collectively where I could have driven the team to work on this differently, even in terms of camera shots and editing for sure, you know, Uh, to make it feel um, more honest because it was honest in many ways and in in ways that it wouldn't appear to be the way it's sort of chopped up. So.
0: Well, absolutely. Yeah. You've been posting those clips on your social media here and there for those who want to check out uh, just a little bit of it. But uh, it, I mean, it was a learning experience, right? Because it was your first mm-hmm. time ever doing a special. You know, mm-hmm. very trial by fire. Like you said, mm-hmm. you're not you know known for street magic style, but you are a big close up guy, which is essentially what it is just in other environments that are not, you know, a specific venue, you know, <laughs> like a like a performance venue that people are necessarily used to. Uh,
1: yeah. And at that time, my close-up was much more limited than it is now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, you've uh, much over more. the years, definitely been yeah. hitting the books and just always uh well i i I fell
1: back in love with it with johnny thompson when i moved to vegas that Mm -hmm. was what recaptured Mm -hmm. my fascination for it now for me close-up magic back in the day i was doing restaurants and such so don't get me wrong i did quite a bit of it and as you know at the trade shows for colleges we're always using close-up mat um Mm -hmm. we're using close-up magic in the booth to sell the stage show but for me it was a means to an end it was never what i was passionate about whereas now i find myself much more passionate about it um but at that time Um, it wasn't like a huge interest for me, Uh, but it was, it was certainly what the network wanted and I was, you know, more than happy to oblige. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great that we have it existing because I mean, it's not, it's not easy to find the full thing on the, Internet right. at all, streaming mm-hmm. wise, whatever. So mm-hmm. this is like the only place people can really catch it now. <laughs> is, Absolutely uh, on on our Patreon, but it, yeah, like I said, it was just a it was a learning experience. Even just going into a writer's room and trying to figure out how to plan it all out, and uh, even that I would do differently. Right, but it's it was a what what's great about it is it's a time capsule of that moment. I mean, you're fresh it off is. your AGT win, and you kind of see where you were at in your career, and you you put your best foot forward and i mean we were all happy with the results you know totally for yeah never I doing it, it, it before
1: it rated super well yeah. you know yeah. it really did yeah um you know, four and a half million viewers, five million viewers, something like that, which is which right. is really respectable That's, numbers. Absolutely. You know, going up against wow. a yeah. a division football game title in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. another network. So and it, it did so well that they aired it again just a couple of months later, which right. is always a good sign. That is a good sign. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, it is difficult for me to watch because there are just so <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I find that in general, but for me sure. it's even more so Um, Mm -hmm. it's such a weird, bittersweet thing. Like, cause there's so many things that are amazing about it. And then there are other things where I go, Oh, I would have done that differently, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think mm-hmm. that's a
0: learning experience for just anyone, especially just not having that experience of putting on your own special. It'd be curious to just hear kind of walk through the process and your thoughts and just knowing what you would do differently is good to know as well. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think down the line, maybe it will be a special episode or maybe a special live event. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh yeah. it would be fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If we could force you to sit down and watch it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or maybe we can do like. You want to do it all at once? Maybe, or we could do in chunks. I don't know. We're, yeah, we're just spitballing here, Matt. Spitball. Yeah, a production meeting during the episode. Absolutely. So Who that we do enough- that. Oh, uh, us <laughs> and many other podcasts <laughs> There's no evidence of us doing that Ever before <laughs> Yeah, Lies uh, <laughs> Speaking of lies Well not lies But other
0: corrections um, Oh I I, men- I found the word I was uh, stuck on the word last week Because I knew there was a specific word To describe like icons That have antiquated symbols For what they represent now Like using Like the, a phone The floppy disk as the save button Or like the mm-hmm. rotary phone As the symbol for a phone Like because no one really looks like that another example is like the notepads like with the spiral bound although there's some spiral bound now they're not as common Of you know there's many different types of notebooks. but anyway that word is skeuomorph uh and it's an element or graphical user interface which mimics a physical object uh and then just some of those are more antiquated than others so I skeuomorph
1: that... is that a fairly new term then or is that like been used sort of in similar ways before icons were what they are now I have no idea the origin of that. Don't That'll make me look week. it up for another correction for next <laughs> uh,
0: And then I had to have my own personal correction, but this was real time while it was on the road, Matt. I mm-hmm. was traveling, and it's been pretty hot in New York, as I assume it is in Vegas. So I've just been, you know, just wearing casual stuff around my, uh, my you know, my, house, my apartment and when I go out. So I'm, like, used to wearing shorts. And in a rush of packing... On my way to a show, Matt. I forgot to pack pants. I forgot to pack pants.
1: It happens. It happens. <laughs> I've got a couple of these. So, so, where did you go? What did you do? How much time did you have?
0: Uh, I realized it the night before, so that was good. So I knew the day of the show, I had time to like go to a store and buy. I just needed to buy a pair of jeans because you don't want to wear shorts on stage. I've seen people do it, especially like at open mics and stuff like that. But like, no one's paying to see people's Calves. You know, like right, right. your 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 shins and you know that. Just wear pants. I mean it's it's just a more professional look. Even if you're going for casual style, like jeans is a good casual style. But hopefully
1: this isn't a huge lesson for most people listening to this. Absolutely. But yes, wear pants. I hope this is yeah, common sense. Unless said. it's part of your shtick, you know, specifically.
0: Yeah, unless you're like Angus Young. You know, an ACDC, I mean, if it's a, a character choice and you're doing it for a specific reason or like any time in theater, you know, obviously costuming might have someone in shorts. But that's, again, for a specific storytelling thing. But just in general, as a live performer on stage, whether it's music, comedy, magic, mind reading, let's, let's get some pants. So I got pants. And some pants. And uh, I was happy to solve that issue day of Problem Solving on the Road. And I, uh, I, I found a really good pair. And I've been just like, they might be my go-to pants.
1: <laughs> for That's awesome. Jazz. Are they jeans, though? Yeah, they're jeans. <laughs> so this is, I, I had a couple instances that I remember like this. One was not really for a gig so much, but this was, gosh, we got to be going back 10 years. And I was in, I guess, the conference, the trade shows that was in Ontario, California. Mm, and I'm trying to think those. if you were there or not, or if you had popped in I for think a day I or two.
0: only went to that conference after you stopped doing the college conferences. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you weren't there West for Coast. it.
1: Yeah. Um, but what, who was there was our friend Peter Bois, a mm-hmm. magician out of Maine, um, working the college circuit as well. And he was at the conference and uh, we desperately wanted to go to the Magic Castle. I had never been. Nice. So I walked into a department store literally like, you know, had to find a suit, get fitted for it all there on the fly and then drive down to LA, you know, that same night. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, and the second one was in LA as well, right over by the Dolby theater. There's Mm -hmm. that big shopping mall area. And, uh, it was from the day of my AGT audition and I'm hanging out in the holding room and about halfway through the day, I realize I'm really not comfortable in this green (laughs) V-neck that I'm wearing. Okay, yeah, sure. Now I had already been filmed Mm -hmm. doing various backstage activities. So
0: so they wanna keep the continuity going.
1: Yeah, some of which aired in the premiere of the season, season nine, me just back, not performing, but just backstage, like commenting on other acts and things like that, reality-esque stuff, just short short little things, nothing major. Right. So I asked my producer, I look, I'm really not comfortable in the shirt. You know, you know, the difference between like a V-neck, which I don't think you're a huge V-neck guy.
0: Uh, I I do occasionally more as like undershirts for, uh, so so you don't have that poking through. This is the wardrobe podcast with Matt and Eric. (laughs) It's important. It's important. It's part of, part of uh, performing.
1: So I'm, I I like V-necks, but I, I never go for like a deep, deep V, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm wearing one now, but it's totally just you know, it's just yeah. a casual V. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um <laughs> It's so not the Grand Canyon of V next. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the sign off per se to change my shirt when I brought this up. So on some sort of short break uh that I got, I scurried my way over on foot from the Dolby over to the the mall. Mm. Yeah. And I walked into a couple of the clothing stores, walked into Guess. Now, mind you, I have to find a similar shirt that's right. also a V-neck, yeah. uh, but with a less deep V mm-hmm. um, and with no logo on it. It can't say Guess, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. but luckily, that was the store. I happened to find one uh, where the logo was by the hip and small enough where you couldn't see it. And it was a similar enough green where <laughs> I pulled it off. I did come clean. I said, look, this is a different shirt. And the producer said, okay, if you're more comfortable, don't worry about it. And that is what happened there. Wow. And it's a good thing they didn't be like, all right, we got to reshoot all that B-roll footage. (laughs) (laughs) But that is what gave me the confidence to succeed in the audition, was having the proper shirt. Yeah, it's interesting because,
0: um, yeah, you need to really think about that, especially when you're doing TV, because, you know, certain logos, uh, you got to get everything approved because they don't want to show logos and they don't certain patterns, uh, you know, like the Moira effect and stuff like that, where it just looks bad uh, bad on screen. But uh, I remember with my Fool Us. I had a graphic tee I wanted to use, but it was just, like, lettering. It wasn't, like, a specific font. There was no graphic on it, so I didn't think mm-hmm. it was going to be an issue. But they were like, yeah, you can't you can't wear that. So I had to, like, scurry around last minute to find a similar blank T-shirt. So it wasn't my first choice, but I should have known at that point to have, like, backup wardrobe uh, options. Uh, because, yeah, the shirt didn't fit as well. It wasn't as comfortable, but I was just like, well...
1: It's my only option at the moment because we can't wear the shirt I wanted to. So I, I remember being so stressed about it. I can imagine you were to actually remember yeah. you talking about it. Yeah. Um it but still like I me. had <laughs> I had to get the outfit approved. Right. Like a week and a half ahead of time or something. You know, I had yeah. to send pictures of it. And then they're like, no, no, send pictures of you wearing it. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that makes sense. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now after the whole approval process that I that I, you know, you don't want to be that guy who's like, causing a rift before you've even been on stage yet because you're not happy with your own outfit. But, um, you know, these are the things we do here. Um, I probably have talked about this, but there was an amazing yo-yo artist. I love Mm yo-yo. Uh, and this kid was unbelievable. Uh, in fact he was there for the second round. Mm -hmm. Um, but he ended up going home because they couldn't use his audition because the background at America's got talent at that time, the set design was blue. And the yo-yo was blue and nothing red no. whatsoever on camera. It's just like a guy waving around a neon string. Both both sense of the words, nothing red, and it was nothing red. Uh, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> a red yo-yo, this guy probably, I, I yeah. wouldn't have won America's Got Talent, is what I'm telling wow. you. Wow. <laughs> Hyperbole. Those little little choices along the way. <laughs> it does remind me, too, and I don't know if
0: we've told it on this podcast, uh, podcast before but if not we're gonna do it again is uh, <laughs> my favorite story of someone wearing shorts and not getting into a place that needed pants oh my gosh! Was I, your, did we
1: talk about this i don't know if we did was i don't remember either it was your
0: brother at the yeah. time we went to go to the box which is if you're not familiar with the box in new york it's like this uh nightclub experience it's uh, kind of known for being a little bit debaucherous, I guess. You love it or you don't. Yeah. And it's um, usually like, the, even starts like late, late, late at night.
1: So this was very after, exclusive, no sign outside of it.
0: Right. It was after one of your AGT performances, right? Or a
1: results show. Or probably. A results
0: show. And we were with um, Christian Stoynev, the uh, hand balancer, who mm-hmm. fantastic with his dog. It's so great. And he used to work at the box, right? <laughs> So yes. his his idea was to like let's go. So we went as a group, and the bouncer sees Ryan, your brother, just in shorts, and is like, "No way, you can't come in here. There's a dress code,
1: <laughs> <laughs> strict dress code. Absolutely not."
0: Yeah. So Christian's like, "Let me see what I could do." He's like, "Can you at least let me in? You know, I'm here. I'm a performer. I've been here." And he goes to the costume closet in the back of the stage, and he finds well, they're not exactly pants.
1: <laughs> i'll let you say what they are
0: he had he finds assless chaps to give to ryan
1: <laughs> <laughs> just which from he th- proceeded to put on and was allowed into the box yeah
0: over his shorts <laughs> 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 one of the uh. funniest
1: moments uh
0: yeah <laughs> I, it was like the first time like hanging out with ryan so just to see how he handled that doesn't great. get much better <laughs> So enough about wardrobe, uh, <laughs> Matt. Um, uh, yeah. how's How was the radio today? I want to hear more about what was that whole experience like?
1: Oh, it's great. I've done it before. Yeah. I love working with AJ. I love working with professional radio hosts. They're just so good at what they do. It's fantastic. I just, <laughs> I just was on there maybe a week or two ago promoting the Animal Foundation thing, right. which uh, goes through the 11th of September. So if you're going to be in Vegas and want to walk into a PetSmart and spend 20 bucks and come see my show for free um, instead of spending 100 or whatever it is, by all means, absolutely, you should do that. Um, Anywho, so I I love working with AJ and Joanna in particular, but professional radio hosts always sort of blow me away with how quickly they can sort of turn it on, turn it off. Um, But we did talk about some fun topics and one of the topics—it's sort of a lifestyle show. Talk about all things Las Vegas, all things family. Mm-hmm. Talk a lot about uh, there being a baby boy on the way, and so on. Um, but one of the topics we hit was tattoos.
0: Tattoos. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, you don't have tattoos. No. Nope. I don't have tattoos. No. Nope. Uh, but there was a question posed to me, which I will pose to you. And there are no choices. But I can give you hints.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And the question is. This is the pre-trivia uh, trivia. Yeah.
1: Yeah, What is the most common animal tattoo for a woman to have? My first instinct is a butterfly.
0: Does that count as an animal? It's more of an insect. I hate you. (laughs) Did I get it right?
1: Yes. (laughs) Hit the button. (laughs) So I immediately came out of the gate saying lion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I, I don't even think that's probably not even the top five. Um, then he said it flies. So oh. I didn't even get to the clues for you. This is why I'm so upset. So the next 10 <laughs> minutes of of this podcast is now out the window. we got to find something else to talk about. So he said it flies. So now I'm thinking, like, okay, like, bird of some kind. Does he care what kind of bird? Like, mm-hmm. dove versus eagle. Yeah. Um, and he said, no, no, it's not a bird. It's in the insect realm. And then I said bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty sure eventually he had to give me the answer, butterfly, if I remember that's correctly amazing. what happened.
0: Well, How did you know that? Part of being a mind reader is just being good at it. No, trivia. no, and, no, uh,
1: no. This is not mind reading. How did you know butterfly? Is that obvious? Uh, I just That's what
0: I would picture, you know, like uh, as the go to, especially like have you ever flipped through like a tattoo book and just see like what people ch- can choose from sometimes? No, yeah, no.
1: But right. I also feel like it's a borderline trick question. Right. Because like, is it an animal? And I said, that's, I said, that's a butt question. (laughs) Do you have to
0: explain that to them? (laughs) I should have. Um,
1: and I said, because that's not an animal. And he said, I believe Matt, that, uh, that is an animal. Insects are animals. We did a quick Google and I was wrong again. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So there
0: you have that. (laughs) Um, But it is, it is definitely one of those things, like, especially as a mentalist, like you can put these type of things in your back pocket If someone says they have a tattoo and you just go for a stab at, you know, what animal it might be. Butterfly, if it's the most common one, might, might hit. It might be a hit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I guess,
1: I guess it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that's And that's I should fun. have been
1: fresh on my mind. I just reposted the butterfly clip of an appearing butterfly from the special. Right. Boom. Tying that back in. There you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> would you ever get a tattoo and would it be of a butterfly?
1: I've always had a hard, a hard time like knowing what I would get. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because I think we might be in the minority. Like don't do most people have tattoos. A lot of mentalists do. <laughs> but uh,
0: that's 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 uh an aesthetic uh, you know like there used to be the joke of like if you're not a tattooed british uh, you know mentalist are you even a mentalist but, right <laughs> right <laughs> uh but no for me i don't think i could ever just commit like to something for that you know that that that's permanent also i hate needles so well, both of those two things coming together
1: here, here was like the argument was it's not permanent because he was referring to joanna his co-host who mm-hmm. wasn't there um, but I guess I talked about this on air, how she recently had a tattoo removed right. and I was like, that's not an argument for get why it. I should get a tattoo.
0: <laughs> also, that I don't want to go through the
1: painful too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's painful to get, it's painful to remove. I might not like it later on. So yeah. for me, yeah. it's a, it's a hard no.
0: Yeah yeah that's that's so. interesting for sure <laughs> no yeah.
1: no tattoos
0: for us uh unless we are this committed to the podcast that we both get mind over magic.
1: imagined t- tattoos <laughs> we're not not committed enough to anything else, but maybe <laughs> but maybe maybe, yes. maybe
0: uh there's an interesting situation that came up at one of my shows this week, Matt, and I'm curious how you would uh you would play it because uh again, with mentalism, you never know what some people are gonna be thinking uh and I think you might have even seen the photo. But uh, at one of my shows, I was doing my selfie piece, which is, uh, you know, I have someone think of a hashtag and I reveal it in the Instagram post uh, in real time. and everyone You perform
1: this on Kelly and Ryan I for anyone who Kelly wants to Ryan. be familiar yep. with the bit.
0: Exactly. So I do it at all my colleges because a lot of students have Instagram, so it's easy to pull up. Uh, and I brought someone up and her word was hashtag death. <laughs> She's wearing... I saw the photo. She's wearing like a Jack Skellington hoodie, so like immediately I get messages from like the advisor, who's just like, "We want to make sure that this is okay. Like, is she is all this right? a cry for help? Is this a cry for help?" But she did make a joke about it on stage, and I, her just aesthetic was very gothic, goth-ish, right? So it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't anything you know of to be concerned. But you know, yeah. it was just kind of one of those out of left field. Like, how are we going to respond to this and make sure everyone's safe and happy and okay? Well, to did you the delete show?
1: the photo or you keep it up? I keep it up. I keep it up. Okay. I just
0: commented on it just because there was a lot of people on the social media who weren't there live, right. who didn't understand it was okay. I just made a post that says, "Don't worry, everyone. She's all right." And this is uh, this is just she made a joke about it and she was good to go.
1: <laughs> I have no doubt that you handled it well live. Right, but uh yeah as someone who's like not familiar with the bit and just seeing this on your social media that's that's where it requires some care and handling sure yeah 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 that's why i
0: had to respond
1: on you know it was posted on my instagram uh and just
0: made sure that now in retrospect do you think
1: okay maybe i could have done a maybe you know should i have gone with a different selection from the audience do you think it was the right choice do you think you know, do you think you could have not could you have pivoted once you realized the word was going to be death
0: <laughs> well the the beauty of this routine is that anyone can be called and any word could be thought of right so like okay. it's fun to get strange words, and I've had weird words in the past I had so how of, do
1: you how do you choose the person then
0: um it's just just how you choose anyone from the audience for certain things well it
1: could, well, yeah, but that's my point though I mean, do you feel like you made the right move because I have a story from this weekend oh. I think it was actually um I mean, I'm not gonna get into this till after the trivia, but sure. uh I think it was the show that our listener who wrote in um would have been at.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is Caden. funny. Yeah. It's a name the show. Um, Amazing.
1: Uh where it's like, oh, I should have gone a different route on the selection. And it's mm. I always bring it back to us now. I, I still yeah. think, okay, that was on me. I could have done a better more careful selection there. You but know?
0: it wasn't a bad moment in the show because no, everyone was no. still impressed. So like it's still you know was but what now it was. you
1: might think ahead next time to <laughs> not just what's happening on stage but what are the ramifications in terms of posting this for the for the most of people who are seeing this who are not at the show
0: well the people who are seeing it on the show it's just going to cause more curiosity and maybe they'll want to come and see a show i don't also know also true also true or uh, they'll
1: just think that people you bring on stage consider it to be death <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah she was blown away. The audience was blown away. We had a good time uh it the fun thing is too, they can even change their mind, which is nice, so literally it could be anything at any point and just but it wasn't to, anything. it was death it was <laughs> I mean Halloween's right around the corner. maybe we're thinking about you know the spooky horror movies and everything. who knows, but uh, yeah. you just kind of have to. You, you, you do have to do a check in the moment just to make sure everything's okay and that this yeah. isn't a cry for help. But once we got past that, then it's like, yeah, we can play around. with. it. I'm glad you brought why this
1: why up because yeah. it definitely uh, struck me when I saw it. So I'm glad you mentioned this. <laughs> good, Not good, good, ideal, good. though.
0: I think it was fine. I think it was fine.
1: Uh, yeah, roll with the punches. Sure. Especially since you see it
0: amongst all the other versions of
1: that too, right? Don't so worry, I've got my own not ideal coming after the uh, after okay. the trivia break anyway. So let's.
0: Uh, that is an excellent tease, Matt. So let's jump over and let's do our trivia and riddles now. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt riddles? Okay, I like this one. This is a little long, but I, uh, uh, I think oh, you'll like it once it all comes to a head. Uh, once there was a king, the king wanted to protect his kingdom from the outside world. So he made a rule that neither any citizen of the kingdom can go to the outer world, nor anyone from outside can enter his kingdom. Okay. There was a common bridge between the kingdom and the outside world. The guard was assigned on the gates of the kingdom, which was linked to the bridge. So it's a bridge with a guard. That's all you need to know. If anyone tried to go out of the kingdom, he or she would be killed. Mm -hmm. And if anyone tried to uh, come inside the kingdom, the guards would send them back. It -hmm. takes eight minutes to cross the bridge. The guard was allowed to take a five-minute break. One woman was able to cross the bridge and move to the outside world from the kingdom. How did she do it?
1: At the start of his five-minute uh, break, mm-hmm. she exited the kingdom. Mm-hmm. By the time he got back from his break, mm-hmm. she was so far in the distance from her five-minute jog um, that he didn't see her. So that's how she escaped.
0: Well, it's a bridge that we're gonna say that he could see her leaving. So when he comes back after five minutes, she still has three minutes to go on the bridge, mm-hmm. and he would chase after her if he saw anyone leave the kingdom. But
1: an eight-minute bridge—I mean, that's that's a pretty long bridge. I don't think he'd be able to see, especially no. if there's any curvature. We're gonna say he's like got like
0: uh, patrolling—you know—telescopes okay. or whatever he needs to do. Uh-huh. He, can, he can track this person down. So anyone who does leave, he will track down and
1: murder. This
0: is a very murdery episode
1: today. <laughs> right. Um, okay. She exits, but she has a mole or the opposite of a mole. She's got someone on the outside mm. that's going to show up to distract him when we get sent away mm. at the same time, roughly. I like the outside of the box thinking, but uh we're not adding too many
0: outside elements. We could do this with just one person. Yes. There's one She person. jumps
1: off the bridge into the water and swims the final three minutes. He and would, she's actually a swimmer, so she mm, does it in ninety seconds, mm, which is impressive.
0: Mm. But most castles have these like alligator filled boats. So But they don't like jump, the taste of the scuba jump. outfit that she's wearing. <laughs> feel like we're going down too many tangents now (laughs) is this oh wait are you telling me i'm wrong (laughs) yeah i don't think that's correct (laughs) uh you can do it just uh by uh a little bit of psychology and tricking the guard uh, as yourself so how would you do that um if you were the woman hmm. well
1: (laughs) what happens to people that are trying to enter they get turned away. So she pretends turned. She pretends she's showing up on the five-minute break. She goes on the bridge, and then when he comes back, she approaches as if she's from the outside world. Boom, gets sent away.
0: That is it. That is it. So she can't make the whole distance by herself just leaving. So she gets halfway at the end of the five minutes, turns back. The guard thinks it's someone approaching for the first time. Right. And then gets turned away, and then she's free to go. Love that. I think it's a cool riddle. It is very good. (laughs) Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. Pressure. Pressure.
1: Trivia. Pressure. Trivia.
0: I am ready for this post-pre-trivia trivia. trivia.
1: What is... What was, okay. I should say, what was Google
0: first called? Oh, I know what it the, the, the company is called now that like Google's a part of, and that would be Alphabet. I don't know if that was something they had before that they then went back to, uh,
1: but I'll take the choices. A, lock up. Mm-hmm. B, back rub. Mm-hmm. C
0: Boogle. <laughs> Boogle. Okay. With a B. Google with a B. D. Alphaville. Alphaville. So Alphabet is not an option because that is what the company overall arcing company is called now. Um the only one that sounds familiar, because I do know I love looking up like this kind of history and this kind of thing. Um, so I was hoping that one would stick out just in my passing that I've heard it before. And I believe it is back rub. Is it back? You got rub? it
1: right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Which is such a strange name for a search engine. So weird. That <laughs> would
1: have been my last guess. <laughs> that would have been your last guess. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, didn't, I don't know the history on it, but yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Very good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matt, we also have a mailbag. Do you want to get in the mailbag or do we want to hear about your, uh, let's hear about your. Let's hear the mailbag. mail. Okay. Let's go into, because this is, uh, this will go into a little um, uh, discussion. I'm curious. So. You want mail me to pick? Okay. Mailbag. I've got mail. Uh, from Alex, who, uh, again, thank you for doing our website. He said, I was actually thinking about sending over a possible topic of discussion the other day as I was preparing for my first year of teaching. So Alex is going to be teaching this year. I know you have experience in the teaching world, so I would love to hear about specific grades you taught, how long, what subjects, and what you found most rewarding. Rewarding. Uh, plus, I would love to hear if Matt had any interest in that field. And also to tie it into magic, maybe touch upon both of your perspectives and opinions on those that choose to reveal their tricks in
1: this books, is heavy. videos,
0: and tutorials.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my, my story might even have to wait. This is a lot to unpack here.
0: Do you want to? Let's get to your story first, then. No, no, okay. no. Let's, all right. Let's all start. right.
1: No, because Mike can wait. It's evergreen. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll tease it for after the mailbag and maybe into a future episode. Yeah, uh we'll so see. So to answer your question, just uh yeah, so I taught for two years straight out of college. I went to school to be a music teacher. I studied music ed uh, with a voice emphasis, which is nothing I do anymore (laughs) these days. Uh, So don't ask for me to do anything like that. I've
1: never (laughs) even heard you sing karaoke. Exactly,
0: I don't like to do it. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. So, um, but I taught um,
0: first year out of. I did my student teaching my senior year. up in uh like upstate New York, Syracuse area, and then I actually got hired for a long term sub position at that same school. My following year, uh, I taught uh chorus and general music. I did high school in the morning and then taught general music over at the elementary school in the afternoon. And sometimes the high schoolers were less behaved than the elementary schoolers and vice versa. So it was kind of interesting there. And then the following year, I went across the lake to another school district where I taught middle school. And again, I taught chorus and uh, general music and uh, uh, private lessons that were also part of the curriculum. So people had to get pulled out of class, even if you were in chorus to do voice lessons uh, in this. Uh, But, The chorus I had, I had like 6th and 7th grade chorus first thing in the morning sometimes because of block scheduling for two hours which is a lot of students because it was basically all the students that didn't want to bring an instrument. So they had to take some sort of music credit and it was either chorus or <laughs> my general music class. Uh, so, I mean, it was, um, I, I only did it for two years. Uh, I, I knew it wasn't for me after those two years and I was going to kind of shift gears and try and make it as a professional entertainer after that. Right. Um, I guess the most rewarding part though is when you do finally like break through and like see those moments of inspiration, for the students they're the ones who are really passionate about it and like they you know want to keep continuing or you know they find especially with music and the arts is finding an outlet where it A lot of people can relate to that aren't necessarily academic, whether they're struggling academically or they just, you know, want to break from the academics of, you know, you know, arithmetic writing, that kind of stuff, history, uh, just to, you know, just to create music. And there's so many benefits to why I wanted to get into music, especially was like, you know, the collaboration, you learn discipline, rhythm, you have to learn your music, (laughs) like, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of kind of the practice of it all. Uh, so there's uh, not only like you know just community building benefits, but also uh, you know emotionally mental benefits as well uh, for that that are so important. So uh, I just realized you know not my passion anymore, even though I had studied in college, uh, and uh, I was more focused on wanting to perform as a magic and mystery performer.
1: mystery performer Switching
0: over the mind reading, uh, mm-hmm. and I even recall. I don't know if you know this, Matt. When I realized I was not going to be coming back the following year at this last teaching job, I started working on my act. I was doing it at nights at uh, open mics and Mm -hmm. then getting up in the morning. And that's another side, by the way. I'm not a morning person. I should have known. I think I I...
1: do know what you're going to say. You started working on material in the classroom.
0: I had a built-in audience of middle schoolers (laughs) in my (laughs) (laughs) chorus. So that's I definitely hysterical. recall doing my blindfold act. <laughs> that's awesome. In front of them uh, and then they were like, "Oh, we loved you so much. We'd love to have you come back." And I was like, "Oh, I already moved back to Massachusetts and I'm going right. to be an entertainer." So, good that's luck to awesome. you. That's awesome. And that's right. uh, that was my last day of teaching was That's <laughs> awesome. over 12 years ago now, 13 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: Uh, I can imagine teaching has its challenges. I have a <laughs> couple of friends that are currently high school teachers and things like that. Um I, I always could picture myself as a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just one of those things when like you're growing up, you only know what you know. And one of the things you see every day in terms of people working is teaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do love teaching. I do find myself to have a lot of patience and I like get a lot of, with certain things, with teaching anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I, I have a high tolerance for practice, obviously, but I also have a high tolerance of like watching someone else practice if they're dedicated and if right. if they're right. sticking with something, right? And like seeing them, mm-hmm make those small steps of like, Oh, I couldn't do this before now. I I've gotten this part of it. Right. I love that. So I really enjoy teaching. Um, In fact, I even had the goal as I was finishing school myself and trying to be realistic about whether or not I could become a full-time performer. And this is before you and I even knew each other Hmm. Uh, shortly before I had gone to a session in New Jersey, New York, upstate New York maybe, um, where Jeff McBride was doing like this four hour session. He had a show the night before, which I also went to in a lecture, I think, but I went to like the smaller session where it was just me and mm-hmm. three or four other people or something, kind of a closed four hour session with Jeff. Um, Jeff McBride, a yeah, of course. magician that I idolized the most growing up, very much so. So, um, I was kind of about to take this leap into wanting to do magic full time. So this was hopefully going to dig up some inspiration for me by going to see jeff i hadn't seen him in some time and um was was cooking up some ideas and wanted to talk to him about it and i i always have to credit him for being so encouraging
0: absolutely yeah
1: because not all magicians were as a, as mm. i was even just like a young kid or teenager growing sure. up um sure. for whatever reason mm. and he always was and i remember to quote him exactly he said you absolutely can do this in mm. other words yes and i like asked like all my questions at that session for the most part were like logistical questions about how to become a full-time entertainer because he had been doing it for decades yeah, yeah. it wasn't you know about uh, the technique of a back palm or anything right, like that. right, right. it was, it was <laughs> all like just straight up give me the real deal yeah and um one of the things i was considering doing at that time was becoming like an associate professor of sorts so i thought like mm. okay five-year goal You know, yeah, I'd love to be performing at colleges. Uh, I don't know if I can do that, but like, how can I sustain this to be something I can do long-term? So I wanted to, because I had a a favorite professor in college, Vince Petronio, who I actually mentioned last week on the podcast, who had basically taken some communication courses, because he was a communications professor, and turned them into magic courses. I'm sorry, not magic. He's not a magician. Acting courses, theater courses, but all under the umbrella of communications. Right. So I thought, well, I could certainly take the communications broad topic and and have classes that are focused on magic and teach those. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I actually did consider. And Jeff talked to me about Larry Haas, who has also taken some of his philosophy courses and things and and given them a magic spin. So I had now examples of people taking these passions and turning them to existing college courses. So I thought about doing that, Um, although I had never explored those goals because performing had taken off um but But, i i like i said i love teaching and um you know i don't know that i love it that i would like chase it down right now yeah at this moment um for any particular reason or even down there i don't know anything is possible um but i think i think i would have a real passion for it if the students were really into it it wouldn't you know i'd be i think the struggle would be walking into a classroom of middle school students and trying to get them excited about music when it's a required class exactly
0: yeah that was the that is the struggle and that's what i'm saying is like you realize that there's different the way you learn is different than you know than most other people learn and you have to figure out ways to teach all different learning styles of course which is what they teach you when you're becoming a teacher it's stunning to be a teacher uh, but it's it's finding that spark and seeing how to inspire those that you know aren't necessarily there f- because they're super passionate about it from the start uh, right. and just getting them to that place. That's, that is the tricky part. And whether I was able to do that, who knows, but it was, it's, it's a lot of work and you have to remember that even on the bad days, <laughs> you, you got to keep going in and, and doing it and uh, trying to inspire the, the, the use. But yeah, it's always easier to kind of teach those who are passionate, who are always wanting to be learn more because those are the ones that kind of fuel that energy throughout, you know, uh, and inspire you to become, want to become a a teacher it's also interesting because you were mentioning um you know wanting to maybe become a associate professor as a back like almost a backup plan while you were working on towards getting through the the up to a performing level right Mm -hmm, Uh, mm um but i've always found that if you have that backup plan you're gonna tend to use it so what i think the biggest uh, shift in my career path was when I quit and said, I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. And you then got I rid had a safety net. I got rid of the safety net and had to figure it out. And then I, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because that was the only option. It had to work and then it did, you know, so sometimes it's hard to do. It's hard to take that leap and not fall back. And there's plenty of people who, you know, are hobbyists and also don't want to necessarily become professional performers that make a great career as teachers and are well-renowned in the magic field as like they have a day job, quote, quote day job, but they're also amazing magicians. So it's, it's not everyone's goal to want to just, you know, drop the safety net per se, uh, but it does help if that is your goal, if you want to just become a full time, but it's also risky. So you got to yeah. you got to find what works best for you. Yeah. And what's wh-
1: going on in your life. It depends. Yeah. And if you case. can't
0: picture yourself doing anything else, then maybe that's the thing you should be doing.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> so, um. And the, the, set, the last part of this question, it's almost well, like Alex well, read my mind. But, I was going
0: to I was going to one more thing that uh, what you just said reminded me of is also just uh, I learned also you'll never not use the things from your past. In showbiz you use everything right? Like, yeah. So, uh, All you,
1: your influence that comes from in or outside of your art form.
0: Yeah. So you were pulling things from w- this idea of wanting to be a you know associate professor. That's going to come back at some point whether you use skills from that or not already. I remember even when I was on AGT my student teacher uh, um, while I was a senior in college he's like everyone make sure that no one sees their student video like student teaching videos because they're embarrassing you're learning it's Mm -hmm. awkward he -hmm. goes to me you put yours on national television in, <laughs> my, in my final round when they yep. finally dug into my backstory, and there's me conducting on a little B-roll. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, it's just you're you're gonna use everything in showbiz. It's all gonna come back at some it point. It can
1: if you if you choose to let it. Absolutely, and and, it can I,
0: help. and the skills I learned, you know, I apply in my performances. And uh, I mean, even I reference in my show. I was like, I used to be a music teacher, if you could tell just by looking at me, you know. And right. Like, right a good gag out of it so it's like it's it's all was worth it to get to where i am so i don't have any regrets about it but
1: yeah the the last part of this um like i said it's like alex read my mind because this has been something i've been thinking about a lot and uh same yeah this is this is gonna be the type of thing that we're gonna have to talk about and put a pin in because there's just just not enough time here because i think we might have different opinions on this. Okay.
0: Uh, maybe I, yes and no. I
1: mean, I, I, think, I think it's I have shades
0: a pretty, shades of, Well, let's hear yours and then I'll Yeah, I comment. I
1: just I just I, and I don't know if I can articulate it. So this um, is about but, teaching
0: magic on the internet, yeah.
1: Um well, right. he's actually saying books, videos and tutorials. Oh, so too, I mean, yeah. I guess that covers all the, yeah. the full gamut or in, you know, the only thing it doesn't include I guess is in-person yeah. tutelage, so right?
0: What are your perspectives and opinions on those that choose to reveal their tricks
1: in books, videos, tutorials? Um well, i'm certainly okay with it, number one, which right. I think you are too Right. Um, uh, but I just think we need to stop making magic about the secret, we can't, I think we have to stop talking about it like it's a like it's so important like mm. i think um it, it, we have to stop making it so sexy and alluring that it matters because. And, and in some cases it does, but not in all cases. And, and all the lay public knows right now is they believe that magicians live and die by whether or not a trick fools people. And I think this was sort of re-sparked when I posted uh, Ho Jin's performance mm, right. um, and me watching it in a reaction video, so to speak. And it just was so like disturbing seeing people think that this is a quote-unquote bad because they think they know how it's done. And it's like, this is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but I mean, I saw something. And the reason this ties to you, and I, this is where I, I, I uh, you were featured in the MUM magazine. Mm-hmm. And someone had wrote on, on Facebook or something like, oh, how can I get it? And I think you like went out of your way to say something of like, oh, this is a magazine. It's like a trade magazine that includes secrets. So you can't have it. And that's not the words you used. Right, 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 right. But that whole narrative I I really feel strongly against. Well, I just, think it's okay to say, look, it's tough to get your hands on this thing because it's a trade magazine. It's not it's not widespread publicly. But the fact that it mentioned about oh, this has secrets in it, I think we gotta move on from that.
0: Well, it's it's not just it's not necessarily magic secrets, it's trade secrets, right? Too. So like I, I just think we have to move on so from that. So if it. you're not interested in the trade you're not going to be able to get the trade secrets like you're not going to go you know, if you're not interested in marketing you're not going to get the marketing secrets yeah right? but marketing
1: doesn't have the <laughs> taboos that we have right
0: but that that was i'm just defending what my comments were and it was like i, this is I a, know but i think right. we got to yeah.
1: get away from it i don't know if we ever will i maybe mm-hmm. maybe at some point i'll develop a small community of people <laughs> like-minded community that that you know fights that battle um but i just think we have to move away from it um You know, you'll see, you'll get asked by interviewers and things like, oh, do you like, what would happen to your career if someone exposed all your tricks? I think every magician in the world asked that question pretty much. And like I said, there are forms of magic that do live and die by the method being deceptive, but not sure. all magic. And yeah. I, I perform magic yeah. some like that where yeah. like, yeah, it does need right. to be deceptive. But I just want it to be clear that it's not all needs to be that way. And I think every time an interviewer asks a magician that question, I think they should literally roll their eyes and go, what, what do you mean? Why, that wouldn't ruin anything. Well, that's, that's what I think the answer should I, be
0: think that's where we we align on if if the secret is the only thing that you're bringing to the table as a magician then that then you're not bringing what you can as a performer right so i it's like if it's just coveted that all i have all i know are secrets and i'm just showing you something i know that you don't then that's not entertaining that's not alluring it's not the point of what we're doing it's to express well it is
1: alluring right if you have the secret and they don't it can be alluring so i get right, that right, but no, people right, need right, to know right. this
0: more than that but it's more than that is what i'm saying it's not mm-hmm. just yeah it's 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 a it's a trap just to be like oh i'm going to get the thing that you have that i don't that's But i'm why not people making wanna...
1: it up it's not it's not right. bs like p- people think like oh yeah like uh, literally people think like oh this was expo- if this person gets exposed on the internet their their career's over right but that's just proven false over exactly. and over exactly. and over And I'm over it like we just need to start telling the truth no one cares about the secrets the secrets don't matter in many cases and what we're creating can be beautiful whether or not people are interested on how it's done some magic is dependent on that and that's the part that gets gray and weird right
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust this slightly. I just think it needs to get to the point where the audience doesn't care about the secret. I still think secrets need to exist for sometimes wonder to exist. Because if you are just if you don't know something, you can just appreciate the wonder and be happy not knowing. And that's the point where I think we need to get to with our audiences so that they know, hey, it's okay if I don't know the secret here. It's not for something for me to try and root out because I just experienced this moment of wonder. And that's no. fine with well, me. Okay, here's but, the thing. But I also see your point of like knowing a little bit about secrets and everything also great adds to greater appreciation of magic, which is true, I think, but I think it's a, it's a combination of all of it. It's not just holding on to, like I was saying secrets for the sake of holding on to secrets. I just think we need to stop
1: saying the word secret. I I just think, I I think we need to continue (laughs) keeping them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say that in these closed doors here. Sure. Yeah. Um, But like, I think And by keeping them, I just mean we shouldn't be going out of our way to like, you know, like expose them in such a way that is um, not paying respect
0: to how great they are and people who came up with them. And you want to respect all of that, all of that, yes. Yeah.
1: But I think we need to get past. And I talk about this in the narrative of my show at certain points of like um, people, uh, people who think that learning it ruins the trick. And even I've had conversations with people. Uh, I would talked to about this a little bit on Howie Mandel's podcast and yeah. like he disagreed. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, learning the secret doesn't ruin it. And he's like, no, Matt, that's because you're a performer and you want to learn and you want to, <laughs> but, but, and, and he's right. He's right. There's a part to that. That's right. But we need to, I think, move past, like magic being the example. I'm reading a book that you recommended if several episodes ago, a long time ago, Writing for Emotional Impact, sure. which is a screenwriting yeah. book. Right. But I mean you could cross out the word screenwriting and replace it with magic yeah. in so many sentences. Yeah. Yeah, and the parallels are amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. So anywho, the example the author uses mm. is, hey, be careful, once you turn this page, you're not gonna watch movies the same way again. Think yeah. about how much your life would be ruined if you learned the secret to a magic trick. And, right. and that is not true. Now, there mm-hmm. are some cases where it is the spoiler. Sure. It, yeah. is, it would feel totally like learning the secret to the trick would feel like the spoiler to a movie. Um, but for the most part, no.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's depending on surprise. If you're going to ruin a surprise or something. Like if you're going in knowing something that's going to happen. Well, that's the thing. But you, gonna, can ruin right.
1: the, you can ruin the trick just as much without revealing the secret mm-hmm. by telling someone the outcome.
0: Yeah, exactly. You've already ruined exactly. the surprise. So like yeah, that ruins it equally. That's true. And and there's a whole another debate that we'll put a pin into on those playing, you know, especially with mentalism playing it more real, the shut eye kind of of way and the ethics behind that versus, you know, people who are a little bit more forefront of what you know mentalism is i mean we're all we're all buying things from the same magic shops you know at at times too but i mean i think i understand your point on this i think there's also uh you know that kind of idea that secrets do are the one thing that separate our art form from other art forms right is having no i agree with that Um, in order to create this moment of wonder that happens in the audience's mind
1: i used to feel this way very strongly i think this might be the most passionate i've ever sounded on an episode of (laughs) mind over magic but then i read magic rainbow by tamariz and it talks a lot Mm. about you know the capital m mystery and how the one thing that does separate it is is not necessarily the word secret, but like mystery. That's the one thing we can provide that other forms of theater literally cannot do. Right. 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 So like, yes, there is, but that's not the only thing we can lean into. Yes. We can lean into that, but I I've now come back to where I used to be on it that like, we got to stop putting it up on this pedestal that like that ruins something like I want to make sure what we're doing is interesting regardless
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's adding all the other extra elements, having something to say in your performance, moving people with emotion. And those are the things that I always strive for and look for in performers is how are they connecting? Because that's the whole point of being up on stage is to make some sort of connection with you and the audience, right?
1: Yeah. And look, you're never going to experience the same movie twice the same way. So like you watch the movie, you experienced it one way, then you go and Mm -hmm. watch an interview or read one with the showrunner, and they say, "Oh, yeah, actually, at the end of the movie, what we meant by that was this."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
1: I yeah. still can appreciate it. I interpreted it differently, or now mm-hmm. I know something I didn't know before. I thought it was open ended. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Oh, this is what they did. Right. Um, and I don't think it takes anything away. I think it just gives a different appreciation. So if you were deeply fooled by a routine and then you went back to the show five more times because you loved it so much or one more time whatever and then started going like oh i just realized this that i didn't realize before right for me that's just that's uncovering a layer of like human human something psychology where you go oh but why didn't i know that the first time
0: exactly that's that's the thing that i think we agree most on is like even if you are like find out something then you can then go back and appreciate why it was structured that way, why that worked on people, which is one of the whole reasons I was more fascinated in mentalism Elizabeth, wanted to know why magic works on people. And like, kind of like that psych- psychological element is really fascinating to me.
1: But, it, but to me, it's all narrative. So if you yeah. tell people, if you tell people, once you learn part of how this works, it's ruined, which is right. what we've been no, telling people it, yeah, for yeah, decades. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's assumed because that's, again, like you're saying, reporters, your interviewers automatically go there because they're like, oh, we know one thing about magicians. They hold secrets, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if you have learned their secret, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, and pres- in, in all the media, the prestige, they're all yeah. fighting to ruin each other's tricks and learn each other's right. secrets.
1: You know, it's, it's right. It's, it's built in. Yeah. So it's an uphill battle. But if you tell mm-hmm. people which we have been magicians as a whole. And Mm -hmm. when you say the word secret it just enforces it Mm -hmm. um i believe if you tell them the that it's ruined when you learn it then guess what it is ruined if you tell them by the way it's more interesting if you take one more half step to try to understand why that worked why it worked for you the first time now we're into something now we're we're learning magic appreciation which isn't taught in school whereas music appreciation as we know. <laughs>
0: I was going to tie it back to even just the teaching. Like it's it's those more interested, the people who will appreciate it are those who are going to be passionate and then ap- see the psychological elements and appreciate it because they are interested in magic. But I think there's going to be people who are just want to see it from the surface level. And that's why they think learning a secret ruins it because they don't want to dive into the, the elements that make it cool of why it works. So it's like teaching the passionate students when you're a teacher, but you also have to So like, what you're saying is you have to uh, spark that passion in those who aren't necessarily getting there all the way.
1: We have to shed that though, because in music, just because I'm not interested in music theory doesn't mean hearing a little bit of music theory ruins it, right? At all? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. At
1: all? I, I, you know, if someone's half listening to a music theory lesson, they're not going to follow it. Same thing in magic.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. So like, like I just think we need to get past the stereotype Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, learning the secret ruins it. Uh no it 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 doesn't you know right. that yeah. it, it yeah. gives you a different perspective and to me knowledge is power. Uh
0: this went down a whole different branch that I expected this too but I I liked the chat and I mean there's lots more to discuss on it. I I was also just gonna say like hey. It's in terms of uh, people revealing their tricks and books, videos, tutorials. You know, there's a whole debate about you know whether people are paying for it and whatnot to get you know the proper credit and the respect it deserves and vetting and. There's there's a whole gatekeeping conversation that I can get into if we had more time, which we won't this time. But I just want to say is like if we didn't have people teaching magic in books and videos and tutorials, it would die out eventually. <laughs> um, to to spread to spread the knowledge from magician to magician and those seeking it out. I'm glad they exist. It's it's a fine thing. It's then it's all about the extras about you know who thinks who's deserving and whatnot and who has access to it and that's a whole nother conversation well that's, that's why this is in. all nonsense right. it right. all comes
1: down to taste <laughs> yeah. if it's done in a way in good taste then then the exposure is most likely okay and right. and i think we've all been agreeing with that for decades too because there have been lots of magic yeah. exposed in tasteful ways in educational documentaries and shows yeah. and magic mm-hmm. documentaries and mm-hmm. in performances and like if it's done in, in good taste I think it's wonderful, and if it's done in poor taste, in poor taste would be for the sake of trivializing it, for the sake mm-hmm. of making it feel like nothing. That's for that's when not cool. For when all you
0: me. have is the secret, and you're just exposing the secret for the secret's sake. You know, like that's
1: there's really nothing a whole lot of interesting yeah, about it, and that's exactly. why those videos right. remain 10 second videos on TikTok mm-hmm. that yeah. are a flash in the pan. Right. And and there's there's also
0: proof. I mean, when did YouTube come out?
1: Many years ago.
0: So uh, let's assume magic videos started day one, which they yeah. didn't, but close. Yeah, and close. magic exposure videos, and we're still around. This art form's still around <laughs> t- 20 yeah. years later, or whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, 30 years later. And I remember we're all working. Those who are in the magic, and it's it's not a dead art form because
1: of. No, at all It's videos. like you said. It's a, it's yeah. flourishing right now. Yeah. I remember watching. Your quarterfinals performance, I call the act Deal or No Deal. Yeah, that's what Um, I was. It's a bank night type routine with briefcases. And it's one of my favorite pieces that's ever been on the show. Um, And we were there live. And after the performance, we were at dinner with Mm -hmm. your family and a large group celebratory dinner because we know he's going through <laughs> and you're like yeah there's people already, and you were laughing about yeah, it you're like yeah. there's already videos on the internet trying to expose the yeah, method and i couldn't it. believe it i was yeah. my mind was blown by that yeah um but guess who cares no no one <laughs> yeah they want they want to be entertained they just no, but the piece fun. is still amazing yeah, like to this yeah, day it'll hold you. up yeah and yeah thanks you know uh, no it's 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 true and and it's cool, like, you know, like the cell phone appearing in a seat cushion, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I perform that in such a way that people can only theorize how it's done. And that is a, a secret that I can take to the grave if I want sure. to. Sure. But like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, and you notice my language, people yeah. were trying to expose. Exactly. Deal or no sure, deal. Sure, sure, sure. That's yeah. the language I use on purpose right. because... Who cares anyway, if they're right or wrong, like, even if they're wrong, they still get that satisfaction of like, oh, I got it. Yeah. So who cares? And
0: also, even if they're right, it served its purpose. I got through the next round. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But that's my point. When people have theories, they believe their theory is correct, even when they're wrong. Right. So who cares?
0: Absolutely.
1: It doesn't matter
0: anyway boy we could talk about this kind of stuff for tangents. Ages, ages and we still have to get back at some point next episode to whatever uh interesting thing happened at your show yeah but, uh, and
1: i did hijack this question because no, that's totally great. I, i'm sure like I'm there's there's more meaning to it. what that yeah. question was asking sure. and which you which you dipped your toe in a little bit sure yeah but yeah. like there's more to that
0: there's <laughs> multi-branches this could have yeah, yeah absolutely so, so anyway this is a great great episode absolutely let's jump over to our goals matt uh you wanted to work on the the nurseries in the works and to get things done around the house for the the uh upcoming baby
1: again congrats
0: so exciting thank you announcement
1: um really good on that stuff but i have another two-weeker two-weeker goal good i like it yeah um i've got this new thing for the show that i've been talking about and playing with for years um, and I'm gonna actually get this thing on stage, not to go in right away, but I wanna have it rehearsed and like start playing with it and see if it's working in hopes of plugging it in for the 2023 shows. So I need to get that on stage before my dark week, which is coming up soon. Oh nice. So I'd love to just get it in there, get it in the works before I go dark. So that's that's my nice. goal there. I like it. I
0: like nice. it. I was gonna follow up on uh like a little remote control to control my computer. Uh, I'm loving by the way this Q labs. The, getting the graphic and the video is playing great. Uh, it looks really professional. <laughs> I'm loving that element of it. They just mm-hmm. came out with QLab 5, Matt, so I have to learn the updates now. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So uh, And then I'm working on, I actually purchased this remote, That'll help me control Q on my computer. It's back ordered, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. But I did purchase it, so uh, so my goal is to learn the new Q Labs, <laughs> learn, uh, and um, also I've been chipping away at just certain little projects here and there. So I'm going to continue to do that. It's not as regimented as I want it to be yet, but hopefully once I get a little bit more control, grasp on it, we'll get to that regimented sitting down to work on things rather than here and there. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, and uh, chipping away. So, uh, excellent uh, plugs, Matt. Uh, we I did the Midnight Theater uh, this last weekend, and it was our first show. It went off great. There's lots of things to tweak, and uh, it's a brand new theater, a new tech crew, and everyone's figuring out a magic variety show for the first time. So there's things to update, but uh, we will be doing it again, and I'll be nice. uh, posting that soon, I believe. I'm gonna be on at least the seventeenth of this month, so a week from this Saturday. Uh and then also possibly the twenty-fourth, although I will put up ticket links onto my Linktree uh on just any of my social media. You can find that there at LinkTree Link dot <laughs> Linktree slash E Diddleman. Uh but like the dot for the E E, it's like the dot com anyway, you get it. There'll be a mm-hmm. link. <laughs> You'll Mm -hmm. find it. Uh, and That's the big theater showing up and then uh, big gigs coming up other than uh, some other stuff on the road. I'm up in North Dakota for college. I'm going to be in Vegas for corporate and Atlanta coming up this month. So busy, busy, busy. If you want to book me for shows, visit ericdittleman.com.
1: Awesome. Uh, MattFranco.com. We just went on sale through July 9th for shows at the link at the Matt Franco Theater uh, on sale now through July 9th. So a whole bunch of dates just went on sale. Uh, If you're subscribed to my newsletter, you already know that. You can also sign up for that at MattFranco.com. I will be taking a quick hiatus uh, during September a uh, little bit of a vacation there so i will also be signing off for of a cameo so ah. if you need if you need a shout out, shout out um get it in before i go on hiatus but i'll be back uh you know in october so
0: and then we also need to plug we mentioned at the top of the show where you can watch that video vault you can head over to our patreon.com slash mind magic podcast and you can help support the show uh, whether you just want to you know treat it like p- buying me and Matt a coffee because you enjoy our conversations uh, you know you can join at that uh, lower tier or if you want to uh, get access to the video vault join one of the upper tiers or the highest tier where you can be a producer and support our show uh, and we've tried Truly appreciate our producers. So big thank you to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. We really appreciate you listening and helping out the show. Of course, visit us at mindovermagicpodcast.com, our socials at mindmagicpod. Shoot us an email. We love hearing from you uh at mindovermagicpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: Thank and there you, was thank one you.
0: there was one part of Alex's email I left out, so I, this is perfect for you. He says, I also want to congratulate you, Matt. Not on on the seven-year anniversary, not necessarily, I'm paraphrasing, not necessarily in the baby, but the fact that we've consistently got me to end the episode
1: with... Over.